Introducing Pocket Cast, the powerful podcasting platform recognized by Wired Magazine as the podcast app every iPhone user needs and by the New York Times as the favorite among podcast experts. Pocket Cast is beautifully designed, easy to use, and helps you quickly discover and enjoy your favorite podcasts with over 700,000 shows to choose from. Download the app, now free at pocketcast.com. is BBC Radio 5 Live. Three, that's a magic number. Three. It is. It's the magic number. Hello and welcome to Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. That's me, Matthew Side. After a few weeks off, we're back with some meaty topics. First, we're going to talk about moments that have changed our lives. Then we're going to talk about creativity in sport. And finally, we're going to talk about our favourite cars with the great news about Fred becoming the new presenter of Top Gear. Don't forget to use the hashtag FredSavSide to get in touch through the week. But before all that, let's find out what we've all been doing since the last time we were together. And it's been, what, three weeks since It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while. I've missed you, Guy. In fact, why do I say I've missed you? I've had lunch and had an event with Fred. You and I have had dinner a couple of times, Roberto. But it's been an amazingly eventful couple of weeks. We're going to get on to some of the issues that have arisen later in the podcast. But Fred... The biggest news, wow. and we got to allude to it briefly. Congratulations. Yeah. The biggest TV well, show well, in yeah. the world. Yeah. You are now a co-presenter. From a cricketer yeah. to the host uh, of yeah. Top Gear. Well, Who pulled out? Have we finished? I'll tell you what, no, it, it is amazing. It, I've got to be careful what I say, I think, but it's been, it's been weird to Surreal. be honest. Well, because the way I've described it is, all I ever wanted to do growing up was play cricket. And to me, that like you with football and you yep. with table tennis, you get your dream job and then you think that's it. You retire at 31. And then if I could pick, genuinely, I'm not yeah. just saying this, genuinely one job yeah. in television to do, apart from horse question time. Um, <laughs> that's, that's up for grabs. <laughs> well, yeah, give me a few years. Um, it would be Top Gear. That's the only yeah. job. Because I, I love driving cars. I love cars. I love everything about it. And I don't know if it's actually sunk in yet. Wow. Because we did the launch and you do the photographs and it's out there and then people are coming up saying, oh, congratulations on... on more Tokyo. people come up to you since it's been announced. Yeah, yeah, like, and everyone's been so, so good about it. Obviously on social media, you stick your head above the parapet and then, <laughs> oh, you open yourself up. This could you? be the first time. I know what it feels time, yeah. like now, Robbie. But do you think this could be the first time? Because, listen, I watched Top Gear, iconic show, obviously with yeah, the Clarks, and, yeah. and then obviously since then it's not really done it. So it's not like following Ferg, is it? Yeah. It's almost like... You no, mean he's not he's not the he's not the Moyes? You're not the Moyes or the Van Gaal. You are now the Mourinho kind of... <laughs> Yeah. Mourinho? Well, yeah. I'm going to smile, I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to smile and not blame yeah. everyone else. He's not going to blame the but producer. You know what? This is a terrible but, car. But it's not my fault yeah. I can't drive it. It's the car. Do you think this could be a test for Fred? And I'll ask Fred this as well because as a cricketer, lauded, people loved him, yeah. hero. Yeah. Everything he's done since then, League of Their Own, people love him. Yeah. Social this, this media, podcast. everywhere we go. Listen, people love it. Are you trying to put me under a bit of pressure here, Rob? <laughs> no. but, but, do, you know what, do you know what happens, Rob? Yeah. If you squeeze an orange, 
<laughs> if, if, if what juice comes out? The goodness comes out. No, the, yeah. Hey, hey, goodness hey, comes hey, out. You can have that one. You've been squeezing your oranges for a while. And my plums. When you got the news. Oh, boom. <laughs> so, yeah. it could be the first time, because it's such an iconic show and yeah. it's got its cult following. It does. Do you know what I mean? And... Yeah. It could be the first time where you get hammered if it goes wrong. But, I don't, yeah, but the thing is, there's a ma- look. I know exactly what you mean, and and the the Top Gear audience is a huge audience, mm. and they're very committed to the show. I mean, I've noticed a number of people have been tweeting me saying, "How do you think Fred's going to get mm. on?" I think what people don't realise, Rob, you know this. Fred's knowledge of cars and his love of cars is uh, is unbelievable. I mean, before he even got Top Gear, most of the conversations we'd have, and including... I'm, on... I'm, I must admit, since I've met Robbie, I've got to know a certain <laughs> sector of cars a little bit better. <laughs> you know, the higher-end ones. <laughs> and he's bullied me into buying a few. We've been uh, to see a few. Minis. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I... Do you know what? The, the thing, I, I tested for it, so you go and I did the test. Audition. Uh, an audition. And when I went to do it, it was like no other. I auditioned for Fat Friends yeah. and I've auditioned for other stuff and yeah. cast for parts in various things. But with a thought of, well, if I get this, it's it'll be nice. If I don't, I, I'll just go on. But this one, it was like, I'm going in here. I'm, gonna get, I'm getting this. I want this. This is what I want to do. And then... Didn't find out for a long period of time, and you're thinking, oh, no. I've, I've, I've not, There's a point no. you thought you hadn't got it. I, I didn't know. And then I got the phone call uh, from Richard... And this is your agent. Richard Thompson. Imagine how good a job they do, Richard and Kate. Then the goodness come out your plums. Oh, <laughs> it was, oh it was everywhere, the goodness. The, good, the goodness. Oh, oh, the exhaust pipe was going. <laughs> there, was, there was smoke coming out by the end. Uh, well, I t- do, you know, do you know what it was? I was in the back of the car, and I had a car full of kids, and Rachel was driving. I was in the back, actually. And then I got out of the car to take the call. And I, I kid you not, I kid you not, wow. it was like getting a phone call to be picked for England. Yeah. Wow. It, was, it was a very similar emotion. Even in some ways, in some ways more, I was happier. Because when I got picked for England, I was a kid, I was 20, it was out of the blue. Where this time it was, yeah. come on. So I can't wait. We had a driving you know, when, day. When, when we talked before about how to deal with pressure, you often would say that, you know, you just think to yourself, so what if I don't get it? On this audition, mm-hmm. I remember you chatting to me about it over lunch. Yeah. You knew there was pressure. You knew you wanted it. You couldn't tell yourself, it doesn't matter if I don't get it. And you actually went in and you came up with your own script. You actually took ownership yeah. over the audition. Just went for it. Just went for it and thought, you know what, if I get this brilliant, if I don't, I'm just going to leave everything out there. And I think I did. Um, but it's been an interesting week. Other things I've done. Launch of the book. Launch, before that, I went to Pride of Britain. You know the Pride of Britain Awards? Yeah, yeah, so I've yeah. gone there. It's, it's, it's in a night where people get awards who should get awards. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you go to a lot of these things. Yeah. and it's Pop stars, sports people. Yeah, it's a lot of backslapping. And I've always said for people in our industry, the actual reward is doing what you do. You don't need anything. But these people... You know, I, I give an award to a kid who saved his lad. So he saved his dad when he was 13 years of age. Dragged him out to sea, carried him onto an island. The kayaking trip went wrong. Rescued him. CPR. Unbelievable story. And I presented with Paddy. But before backstage, you, you go. So it's me and Paddy, and we stood there having a chat about various things. <laughs> Next to us, <laughs> Brian Cox, <clears throat> the, the, the physicist, yeah. the physicist, yeah. ex D Ream, and to. No, he's not a series. Tim Pete, you know the astronaut? Yeah. Tim Pete, yeah, yeah. astronaut. So they're, they're presenting the next award. So I, I've, I've clocked him. 
<laughs> so I've just said to Paddy, hey, Paddy, watch this. Watch this. I'm going in here. So I went over and I, I stood in front of him. All right, lads. He go, yep. I said, right, just tell me, is lads. Flat? It's flat, isn't it? <laughs> it's flat. Come on, you can tell me. Brian Cox, oh, my word, looked at me. Really? <laughs> oh, he just looked at me as if I was at the bottom of his shoe. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> And I, I like Brian Cox, don't get me wrong. You mentioned him on here, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd have him on here, but I'm not sure. I think I've ruined that one. <laughs> and then Tim Pete just smiled as if to say, yeah, I'd like, like, keep really? moving. They, they knew who you were, right? I, I, I presume so, but I just had that thing where I was stood in front of him really awkwardly, thinking, how do I rescue this situation? And then luckily, Paddy, Paddy, you all right? Paddy, I'm coming, I'm coming. Actually, that's, oh, that's one of the things I've done this week. Fred's book launch, yeah. which is a fantastic book. Do you uh, really we, like? Have you read? I, re- I really yeah. enjoyed. Well, I, I read the first half. I had to read. <laughs> <laughs> I had to read it because we've not read it. The book launch at uh, Old Trafford at the cricket ground. Uh, a couple of hundred people there. I was. What, I was. I was. I left down there. You, down. you went away, didn't I was you? Away, yeah. Um, wonderful audience, by the They're way. They're nice, weren't they? What weren't a nice. community that, that that cricket provides. How nice for. is that place, though, Old Trafford? Beautiful. Oh. Any Beautiful. stories from it? Well, this is the thing that amazed me. It's a family audience, and Fred and I have a little chat in the sort of in the boardroom of Old Trafford. And I said, you know, what do you want to talk about? He said, well, let's do what we do on the podcast. Let's make it spontaneous. Just just have a chat. So we start start off. He tells the story about Brian Cox and Tim Peake. Then we start getting into more risque elements. And I've got to tell you, the audience, mainly adults, but there were one or two kids. And then a few terms came up. One of them to do with Stan, the assistant well, producers. Yeah. Stan was and there. Mike. Mike was there, the producer. And he and Fred started talking about Stan's degree thesis. And I've never seen the atmosphere in the room change as <laughs> fast. And I'm not sure I'm allowed to say the word. What was the thesis on? The cult of the clitoris. The cult of the clitoris. That was Stanley's. Stanley's. Yeah. But I, I, was try- I, was to, yeah. I was trying to tell it because there was a couple of kids in there. But I was thinking, you know what? They don't, they don't know what I'm on about. Neither <laughs> does Stan, really, is it? He's, apparently, apparently, he's done a thesis but never found one. <laughs> he thinks it's he thinks it's a mythical beast. <laughs> he's behind the glass now, standing oh. laughing. But tell, so the book launch. Other than the event we did at Old Trafford, you went on one show, been on a couple of. Tell us about. Tell us a little bit about the books. It's a fascinating book. It's an insight into your mind. Well, the, the book. I've been a bit nervous about it to be honest. I, I really have. Because we had a go, I had a ghostwriter Ben who did it, and then I got the manuscripts, and I thought I had more time to read it than I did. So I went on holiday thinking I'll read it on holiday, and ended up not doing. Yep. And I came home, and then two days before it was going to print, I thought, but I better read it now. <laughs> so I read it, and then two days before. <laughs> yeah. This is wow. so. I read it, and then I got my highlighter pen out, and I was going through a few things. And I was saying, look, there's quite a bit here that we need to change, whether it's factually not quite right, yep. or it might just be a little bit too far yeah. because thinking of the audience who are going to read the book, you know, there's stuff in there which is for adults, but I didn't want it to be too so excludes kids. But it's not just about it's about midlife crisis. Yeah, it's, it's about, about conspiracy there's theory. stories from playing cricket. There's stories from what I've done since playing, and then there's all the stuff that goes on in my head and stuff we've spoken about on the podcast, like conspiracy theories, is getting older, yep. um, trying to get a girlfriend when you're on a, a state in Preston as a cricketer. And also some of the more challenging things that I've caught with, yep. like depression yep. and mental health. So I think the challenge for me on the book was getting it tonally right, because even yep. though at times I mention other people, I've never wanted to write a book and I'm a people. Yeah. That's just not my style. Mm. But there are certain 
things that have occurred through my career and through my life which have involved other people. Yeah. So it's telling that story because I've got no grudges. Yeah. But it's telling the story. Mm. And I hope as people read the book, they do it with a smile on the face. Because even if I'm like not that impressed with someone, mm. I'm not that bothered now. Mm. It's 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 fine. And the reaction to it's been good because I've been quite yeah. nervous about it, to be honest. Well, I've looked at it. It's flying high on the charts. On, it's doing all right, Amazon. yeah. Great reviews so far. Is it higher but, than yours? Can it I just, went above you are also yeah. after Did the Wonder Show. <laughs> Did it? Yeah, I was yeah. checking it out. I was like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh. how dare you knocking me down the ranking? Oh. i tell you what, though. What, what I, had, I did a lot of interviews this week. And yeah. I've done them on various platforms. And what I've got to say is, you know, when you've been doing like this sort of stuff, you start responding to interviewers. I thought like Matthew the other night without being down his leg was brilliant because he's so good. He raises your game as someone being interviewed. Thank you. And you want to give your best thank performance. Thank you. Look at you. Thank you. I did that this week. There's a, there's a lad, and I don't know if I'm going to pr- pronounce his name, and I think he deserves some credit. Nial. Yeah, five yeah. I tell you what, I did an interview in the London Eye. It was all about the sound week, which I'm sure BBC oh. Sound, which you can comment on. Oh man! So it was in the London Eye, and it takes half an hour to go around. Yeah. So I had 45 minute interview. So I had to go around twice, and I turned up thinking, you know what, I can't be bothered with this. I, I don't want to do this interview because yeah. just can we just do it on the floor yeah, or yeah. something? But now. I promise you, unbelievable. One of the best really? interviewers that I've... He's brilliant, isn't he? Afternoons um, on Five Live. Research. Yeah. His questions were very... Absolutely brilliant, though. It turns out we've got kids in the same year at school as well. Wow. Really? At the same school. BBC Sounds. Oh, my oh, goodness. Oh, I dodged one there, didn't I? To be but, fair, he's killed oh, us, Freddie. He's absolutely destroyed us. So yeah. BBC Sounds, the biggest <laughs> PR campaign that BBC Radio has ever done, all three of us get invited to an afternoon of filming with a yep. crack director. Robbie and I go, Fred says, no, I'm not going to go, I can't, can't be arsed with that. And, then... <laughs> <laughs> and me and you, Robbie, we turn up, put yep. on the makeup. we're yep. all excited about it, could be a real transformation in our careers and our standing and our status. The edit came out three <laughs> days ago. Oh. And I've got to tell you, what is it, like... A two-minute film, and we're on it. 0.01 second. 0.01. It's a blink of an eye. If Fred had been there, we'd have probably had, what, two, three or four or seconds? Do you, know, do you know what? I have seen yeah. it. One or two seconds. When I was watching it, I was I was laughing. She <laughs> starts off with Rita Ora. That's right. And yeah. she, she's singing in a kitchen with what yeah. looks like, she got like tennis balls and her shoulder pads, hasn't she? <laughs> like big shoulder pads. And then it goes through the cast. And then there's that fella's son, he kicks the football. <laughs> Peter Crouch comes up. Right? Obviously, flavour of the month at the minute. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So he pops up next minute. You two jump up. But have you not clocked what he's doing? No, he's on. trying to get camera time. So he, <laughs> yeah. he jumps up first and he almost puts his hand in front of your face to push you back. He's pathetic, savage. And it ends up with Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Who, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I want to see that film. I yeah. love Freddie Mercury. Yeah, to be fair, we didn't get long, did we? And even, long, listen, Crouchy, Crouchy, listen, this podcast is flying. It's not won three awards like us yet, but it's flying. And and Ian Dennis, the comics, got longer than I know, me. I got like five seconds. I saw Crouchy last week. I was oh, at what, BBC the, the, London, the... I was checking in and he walked in. Isn't he tall? Tall. <laughs> he's tall. I know he's tall, but he's he tall, is tall, isn't he? He's brilliant. By the way, he's he, great he, 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 I think he must yeah, live. You can't not, you can't no, not can't be like him. him. No, he's lovely. He's, 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 yeah. he's, a, he's a great person. So what about you, Rob? You've, um, you've, I mean, you've had a so, tough time. We're going to yeah, come on to that a bit yeah, later. Yeah, we'll come on to show. that. So yeah. obviously I went to um, the next 
um, yeah. with Manchester City, but the, it wasn't Donetsk, it was well, Kharkiv. 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 They played against Shakhtar Donetsk in, yeah. in Ukraine, but went to Kharkiv, fantastic place. You know, Man City, the staff, you know, um, I was allowed to go, you know, travel with them. They were absolutely... What, the players? Brilliant. Yeah, it was, they were... They were, they you're, were on, you're on the plane with the, the yeah, actual... Yeah. Is, it, is it like Air Force One? <laughs> Where the <laughs> president's got his quarters yeah. and then yeah. the, yeah, the, the, the boardroom. In a little bit... You know, it's weird because when you when I play for Blackburn and, and Leicester and you're in Europe, you it's my perspective. You get the ferry, don't you? So, <laughs> you've been on P and O. Might be horrible. Calais said over. Come on, lads. Let's have a pint of Guinness. Anyway. Get some we... fags, two hundred fags. <laughs> Seriously, you know. Big bag of MMs. <laughs> you know you know when you're the player? When you're the player, when you're a first team member. Yeah. Everything's done for you. Get on the plane. You've got the big seats. It's all about you. Yeah. When you're a member of the media, it's completely different. It's just you're at the back of the plane. And listen, they treated me so well, and they saved me going on three different flights. Serious yeah, yeah. question. Do yeah. you know? Do you know, like getting on a plane. Yeah. At what point did you realise you can turn right? All the time. <laughs> Always have done it. He <laughs> flew economy from Abu Dhabi this week, didn't he? I've. I've Why was there a mix up in the booking? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you fight? What you no. you put the family economy in your <laughs> travel first? Do you know what though? Do you know what though? If a, if financially, I can afford it, which it's so expensive, and I wouldn't yeah. now pay for business class because it's too dear, and I've I haven't got the funds. Right? If I did, I would now put the children in economy, and I would travel if I could business class oh with, with, with oh. Sarah because. Oh. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm because they've got to learn that they yeah. they've Have got to earn learn to earn. To, if they want to get up there, they've got to be successful, and they've got to work hard. They've got to have aims and ambitions. If, <laughs> so I think there comes a point or you where you could just be really lucky. But <laughs> really lucky, yeah. But is that not a fair point? I kind of relate to that, no. Fred. Do you know what I mean? If if you no. if you're a young yeah, person, not happy with that. I mean, I felt quite privileged just to get on a plane and fly an economy because it felt really expensive. I, I didn't go on a plane till what 15, 14, 15. I was fifteen, right. first time yeah. ever on a plane to Spain. You don't think yeah. it's a bit much if, if if a young person is turning into turning left on a plane, yep. going to business class. Yep. They've got this huge seat. Yeah, and well, they, I just want this one here. Well, actually, Fred's son is in the <laughs> Corey's studio. Corey, go on. You, I mean, that's a it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, do you know what? It, it, listening to Rob, it's so expensive. It Ridiculous. is so. It is, it is. And you, it's, it's unjustifiable yeah. the amount of money you spend yeah. for what? If you're going to Abu Dhabi, six and a half, seven hours of your life, yeah. the difference of one business class plane ticket is a holiday. Is the same as all if you're yeah. economy. Yeah. yeah. But I, I couldn't. I don't think I could sit separate from my kids. I, I, we would do it on holiday. My I'd wife could. I go and sit in economy. Yeah. For a few reasons. One, we're going on a family holiday together. Yeah. Two, if anything did happen, I want to be the next to my kids. You're killing me. Did, did, I not, did <laughs> you not think <laughs> that? No, it's not me. Do you know what? Do you know what? <laughs> the, the kids, the kids at the, the age. Like, no, Rob. Killing me. Rob, I, Rob, I, I, I understand what you're trying to say. You're a bit of a tight ass, <laughs> right? But. Um, <laughs> you can't afford it anymore. That's a bit know. rough putting your missus in back. Though, no, no. What I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to say. You is, let them come and visit you, <laughs> like, or do you get them to shut the curtain? It's like, no, I don't let them back here. No. I got it. I need. I need. I Before I get out of this Rob, podcast, Rob, I've got to explain go, myself. Robbie needs to go business class for all his luggage. I've got to, I've got to explain myself. There comes a point, though. surely, yeah. when the kids listen. Yeah. If I was millionaires and billionaires, I haven't got a problem. But listen, I'm. Oh. I, no, listen, I am. We're on thin ice here, Rob. Yeah, we are, we are. 
But situation you're in, I'm not longer a footballer. You know, it's, yeah. I'm I'm doing okay in my work wise. But surely there comes a point when, on the way back from Abu Dhabi, um, we got upgraded on the way there from Etihad. Mike Why? Why did you get what? Um, because I heard you went, got your begging bowl out. I did. I did because listen, I just thought at times that if you can use your name and you can use social media, and I you thought I thought them pictures of you having a fantastic yeah. time on an aeroplane. There was, there was there was a reason for them. Never ever seen anyone so happy to be on an aeroplane or sat in a business class lounge. Hey, Rob, you just overdid it a bit. Yeah. I, I get it. I'll do a couple of pictures and you upgrade me. Have you got a whole but, album? But if you, oh. What, on Instagram? Yas Waterworld was good. Oh, Yas Waterworld. He's got his big pearly whites. He's got the shirt unbuttoned down. True. Yeah. Yeah. He looks oh, like... I love it. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, yeah. Listen, but what? So, Etihad were amazing. Upgraded me on the way there. On the way back, it was full. So, on the way back, sat in a company with yep. the kids, with the missus. Um, it was tight. <laughs> it was tight, and it was a long flight. But it was. A, I was sitting with the kids. But the point I'm making. What is the point here, Rob? The point is that <laughs> am I wrong then to say in future when I if, if I can ever afford to go business class over? I'd only go over seven hours anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Greece or whatever, I wouldn't. But if it's over seven hours and it's through the I don't, night, I don't think Jet Two have business class. <laughs> or am I wrong to say then? Right, no, and now we're taking okay. your bags up. Am I like a bag? Yeah, yeah. Am I wrong then to say that? Kids, like your Corey, Sydney, and my Charlie, my Freddie, at the age of 15, 16, to separate them on the plane because they need to earn and, and want and see what they can achieve. By, there's an objective if they're successful and they work hard and they have to get into business. I've heard they're going to start this in schools, aren't they? They're going to take around aeroplanes saying, you know what, if you work hard, you don't sit in this seat. You know what? You don't sit here. I'm going across paddy. You know, you know what I mean. Help me out here. You know, if you do really bad in life, you sit at the back by the toilets. You know, if you do all right, you might get business class. But if you know what, you're cracking it. If you're right, at the help front. me out here. Oh, what is what is no, this? I'm trying I'm to be proper. I'm with you. I, I get what you mean, and I, I worry Am I wrong? about. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I can I can stomach an economy flight for the price. Yeah. For seven hours of my life. I can and I do. I'm really ratty when I get off the other end. I'm not going to lie. Tight with you, like the other monster. Yeah. yeah. I have. I have one. one. Sorry, we we went on holiday. We came back last year and we went on other one, Emirates, and I was sat in economy. And if I I sit in economy and I sit and my knees are touching the the seat in front, it's like the Lamborghini. And if you're in front of me, you can't put your seat back. It's it's not like I'm being awkward. It's physically impossible. And I was sat there, and this fellow's. I don't know, he was, he was from Europe or something, putting your seat back and banging back. And I just, I, I politely just said, I'll be honest with you, mate, that's just not going to happen. It's physically yeah. impossible. Look at my knees. <laughs> so he said, at one point, in my seat back. I said, mate, you can't, you can't put your seat back. So we tried yeah. it again. Yeah. I just walloped the back of yeah, yeah. seat. What happens there? So like when I was travelling back. Yeah. Well, I won't put my seat back. So who puts the seat back first? Because I've not been funny. I, I thought I I'm going to put me. So if everybody put their seat back. Yeah. The one but, at the back of the yeah. plane can't. Can they? Well, because the it depends how far there. it depends how far the wall is behind So the... when is it rude to put your seat back on a plane? I think the thing I, is I, you... I don't think it, if it's a, if it's a little person yeah. or a child I put it back but if it's someone 
No, I. But if I, they put theirs no, back, no, because I, because they can't. The person but in front of me can't put his seat back. But Fred, so it's I like, think it's a bit hard first for me then to go back, isn't it? But it's like when you're sitting watching a football game. If the people in front of you stand up, you, stand you up. have to stand up. And if no, somebody hand on the head and push them, yeah, or you can do that. You can do that. <laughs> just, just going back to, to yeah. the point Rob made, Fred, because I know I know you're making a serious point. But uh, yeah. Gordon Ramsay, the chef, yeah, he's worth fifty, seventy-five million, maybe even more than that. And he and his wife, they go first class and his children go economy and he said they won't inherit his fortune because he's worried that if he takes them first class and they know they're going to inherit 100 million, it will it will kind of so, so blunt in so, their so, so, ambition. So, 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 all right then. So when he goes home in his big house, where the kids sleep <laughs> in the shed. <laughs> no, Where's it stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll That's be honest true. with you. I, I think there'll come a point with your kids where you can do that. But God, yeah, God you'll be in the garage tonight. <laughs> yeah. No, when, when they get older, if they're like late teens or, yeah. you know, adults, well, Maybe. a bit weird if they're coming on older with you anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I they can go up back then. Yeah. But as soon as... Do you know what? I If I was going away... If I'm going on my own somewhere, yeah. I'd, I'd, I reckon I'd go business class. Uh-huh. Or if somebody else is paying, definitely. Yeah, somebody, yeah, yeah. But if I go with the family, no, I we, we depending on the deal. Like we went on holiday last time. We flew out economy, flew back we, overnight. We flew back business, but we got an amazing deal on it. Yeah. So that's the only reason. Yeah. But I, I, I can't justify it to be honest. I, I can't. I for, can't. For I a hot can't. towel to wipe your face. I can't afford it. But yeah. I will say, upgrade Etihad. They were amazing. Listen, it was a good few days in Abu Dhabi. I needed yeah. to get away for the week I had. Um, but honestly, to be with a family. How was it at the hotel? Because I tried to put you off dinner. It was fantastic. It was busy though. Yeah. Wasn't it busy? It wasn't too bad. Was it? it wasn't we went... too bad. It wasn't too bad. But it's amazing that. They all watch the Premier League over there. Yeah. So even now, I was sitting in, in, in a restaurant and Charlie and Freddie, because Charlie won't, rem- Charlie and Freddie don't really remember me as a football player. Mm. And I think they, I think they try and erase it from the mind. <laughs> 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 like that Men in Black stick. <laughs> so my wife, um, we had to we had two rooms and we were keeping one room on for you know like you do on holiday when. Um, you have to get the luggage from one. You have to check out at twelve or something, yeah. and that flight wasn't until two thirty in the morning overnight. It was eight ten thirty here, so my wife went to see if we could keep our room on, not the boys' room. So the two boys went with her, Charlie and Freddie. And as she was asking, she, the man said, "Can you have your name, please?" And she went Savage, and he, the guy went Robbie Savage, legendary. He said, "No, yeah, the, the guy Charlie come back and went." Was it, was... Dad, Dad, you just called you legendary. Yeah. They were laughing. So are you sure? Who did you think you were? Maybe <laughs> like. <laughs> oh come on! What have you got to tell us, Matthew? Yeah, come on. Oh, um, this your week, birthday, wasn't it? Birthday. You didn't Friday. tell anyone, no, did it? Didn't Friday. tell anyone. Birthday. Did I not tell you guys? No, I don't think I did. You were on with me Friday morning. On, I told on, you on, on, on Robbie the Savage's Premier League radio. Um, what else have I been doing? Um, so the event with you, Fred. I've done a few corporate events. Do you know what he did the other night, which is testament to him again. You know when he interviewed me for my book? Yeah. He got a phone call as well, a paid job. Oh, mine, that's true. To interview, what's he called? Sir Michael Caine. Sir Michael Caine. But he... Blow the bloody dolls off. What was that? <laughs> that was Michael Caine. Like, like some, some, some people, when, do you know when they say they're doing something, they see it through. Yeah. Other people just go on holiday or do whatever. <laughs> and Matthew, Matthew, got in, Matthew got offered a paid job from Sir Michael Caine and he still, really? still oh, said he did his commitment. Like wow. somebody, somebody else who was on board just went away. <laughs> I would love to have done that. But look, I'd committed to, to Fred that <laughs> night at, Old here, <laughs> at 7.30. But I get, get this email and it's Sir Michael Caine 
will you interview him on stage? Do you know when you read the email, did you do it in his voice? Will you interview Mike Lulkane at 5.30, at 5 o'clock at the Excel Centre? I think he's a brilliant actor. You've met him, Fred. What an amazing guy. Yeah, I had to miss out on that, which was a bit of a shame. Um, Other than that, I enjoyed our dinner very much when you came down on that Friday night. That was a a real treat. Fred and I had lunch. We've become good friends, haven't we? Do you know we had lunch? We had lunch. Yeah. So, People are surprised by it, by the way. I mean, so we had lunch. Yeah, had we, had, we had lunch. So I book a table, saw house, White City, beautiful. <laughs> so he comes 15 minutes late. <laughs> That's true. First thing he says, oh, I've got to be out by this time. So <laughs> I'm playing tennis with who? Adil. Adil. Adil and Odil. He's playing, he's playing, he's playing tennis. So I think, I got Matthew. So he, he buggered off, didn't he? To go and play yeah, tennis. Yeah. What, what would you Wait, do you know what? He went early to warm up. That's how, <laughs> that's how much he was enjoying his lunch. Yeah. I thought, but I was there for what? <laughs> He's having me. But is it weird there? A good hour or so, maybe an hour and a half. It was good. I'd what be, a place. I'd be surprised as well. Go I've on, seen man. a picture of your house yeah. on social media. And I've got to say. <laughs> Look at Stan. Oh, and I've got to that. say, mate. Yeah. Trendy. Yeah. Yeah. Trendy. Yep. Like, it's completely opposite what I thought you would be. What do you mean? What was you <laughs> Like, tinsy wincy. Tinsy wincy. Like, little. Wincy? Um, what? Like balls on the on the on like on, what, the, on dolls and doll, things like, around the house. Like ch- chintzy. What, you thought, what? Like chintzy, that's the word. Yeah, not chintzy, chintzy winzy. Like, <laughs> like China cuts. That's a teletubby. You thought I'd have China. Yeah. No, it's, it's sort of more minimalist, isn't it? Mate, minimalist, yeah, but white. Honestly. Well, yeah, white. No, it's, white. it's got glass and like the little thin wooden um, things. Yeah. Um, no, fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trendy. <laughs> yeah. And the sofa was trendy. Yeah, tiny garden, though, right? Small garden, yeah. but listen, that's what you get when you live in Richmond, though. But, mm. mate, nice, Thank beautiful. Who, who's designs much. that? Kathy. Really? Yeah, she's really into interior design. Why don't she's you go to take your shopping? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, can I just say one more? Yeah. Top Gear, surely, it's the Mini's got a feature in it. What, blow it up or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you still got it? Yeah, mate. Destroy say, it. Destroy say, it. Have you still got you it? Got, you got to do feature on the Mini, mate. It's iconic. Everybody's saying, on my, you got to do something with the yeah. Mini. Mate, can you blow it up or do something with it? Say it'd be a feature, be massive. We'll do something. Have a think about the mini. If you were bowled over by beyond reasonable doubt, prepare yourself. Brace yourself for Five Lives newest podcast phenomenon. End of days. You've heard nothing like it before. Classic American story of religious cult gone wrong. Exclusively on BBC Sounds. Topic number one. So, serious one this. We've discussed Robbie's experience something terribly shocking last weekend. Shortly after finishing his BT Sport show, his guest, Glenn Hoddle, suffered a heart attack. The whole BT Sport team acted quickly and probably saved Glenn's life. Um, Rob and everyone connected with Leicester have also been through a very difficult week following the tragedy last week, which saw the owner and chairman and four other people die in a helicopter crash outside the King Power Stadium. Rob, we've chatted a lot about this on the phone. I knew it's it's had a big effect on you emotionally, but also philosophically, your outlook on life. So we're going to talk about in this first topic, what are the seminal moments that have changed the way we think about life, about sport, about family? Um, Rob, do you want to start on this? Yeah, of course. I just think that you no, know, the reason why I went away was because of obviously the events of the week, obviously the tragic um, passing of, you know, Vichai, the owner of Leicester City, in the in the helicopter crash, and there was four of the members, which is just you know, obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to all the families involved. I think the reaction of the Leicester City public, 
You know, the players with that win against Cardiff showed great courage, yep. character, yeah. emotion. And what a great man he was, the owner of Leicester. You know, not only did he make dreams come true, he invested into the whole community. Mm. You know, money to hospitals, universities, and what a wonderful, wonderful human being. So he'll be sadly missed. Um, and last weekend, obviously, on, on, on Saturday morning, Savage, Glenn Hoddle... You know, for me to be in a room with Glenn Hoddle as a and, and presenting a show as him as my guest is still pinching moment stuff because I watched him in that nineteen eighty one um, cup final yep. against Manchester City. Watched his goals, you know, and England manager. What a player! What a man! Got close to him, and then on the show in the morning we're chatting around the table like this. What we're going to do on the show? He was laughing, full of full of full of full of life, full of loving it, mm. talking about tech ball. The new table, which is like a convex table, table tennis, and you you play football yeah, over it. Yeah. And he was saying, "Let me see it." So we've seen it. Then on the show, couldn't wait to play it. So presenting with his birthday cake, sixty-one. You know, you can see the pictures on social media, laughing, loving it. Um, and then we started playing um, tech ball, and then we had to go off on air. And moments after we went off air, and you know, even in the tech ball, he was spinning the ball left foot, right foot. You know, it's, loving it, loving the football. Then moments after he went off air, obviously, you know, he had a had a heart attack, collapsed. Um, I'm not going to go into detail, but obviously, you know, had CPR. Um, the sound en- engineer at BT, you know, saved his life. Not just Simon, but the people around him. I think everybody at the BT Sports Studio contributed one way or another. You know, you didn't have to be the one giving the CPR or the or the or the defibrillator. You, were, you know, the, it was a whole team work that saved Glenn's life and for that you know I think Simon obviously who initiated the treatment is a hero no question about that but obviously there were other heroes on that day the the ambulance staff the medical staff incredible and it just got me you know thinking that to see somebody one moment who is loving football loving life so then the next minute, if he hadn't have been there, if he hadn't have been there because of the heart attack and he'd have been on his own, if he'd been somewhere else, who knows what would have happened. But it just goes to show how life short can be. And it hit me really, really hard. And mm. it made me think, you know, negativity in my life now goes out the window. Being, being, you know, just it's changed my whole outlook on life in terms of, you only live once, and it's a true saying. You live once, and to see it, to see somebody who was celebrating his birthday, yeah, like, and just so happy, talking about what he's going to do that night. To to in a in a split second, yeah. could not have been here. Is, 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 is it just just happened. There's no like history of. Don't know. Don't know. It, it just it just had a heart attack, collapsed, red, um, and thankfully. The funny thing is that Glenn gives so much to football and being around football people in a football studio could have saved his life mm. because five minutes later, if he'd have been on his own in his dressing room, if he'd have been in bed sleeping, who knows? There might not have been people around him mm. to initiate the CPR and the, and, and the defibrillator. It just goes to show the awareness for people to to train in CPR, you know, to to have a defibrillator available in sports, because wherever you are, it's so important. But what it's made me do, Fred and Matthew, it's made me reevaluate my life. 
the little things in life. Listen, we've all got problems. We've all have arguments. We've all got this and that. But you know what? The small things in life do not matter at all. Do not matter at all. Um, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my life. Of course, I'll have problems. Of course, I will. But the little things in life do not matter. I'm not going to put it with anybody being nice to people's faces then on social media um, saying, like, I'm not going to have people who I know hammer people behind their backs. Then on social media, you see them being nice to them, mm. saying nice things. It's it, it's pathetic. Be honest with people. Mm. Be straight up with people. If you don't like somebody, tell them. Don't be two-faced. You know, why is there so much negativity in the world? Negativity on Twitter. Negativity, you know, people say, you know good, you know that. Listen, everybody's trying their best. Why? Why is there so much negativity in the world when I've seen a man nearly lose his life? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it's I, like, I do, I, do you know, funnily enough, Rob, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to hear what you were saying. I watched the show and Glenn looked so healthy. Yeah. His face when you brought in the cake, yeah. the, the, the banter between you, the camaraderie, it was, it was very moving because I watched it on catch-up after I knew what had happened the next day. We chatted the following day. I've never heard you. Your voice, oh. the level of emotion, it was cracking. And I could see the amount that you had been affected by it. And I think a lot of people, because I, I feel about Hoddle on the thing of negativity, he embodies some of that because he's one of the nicest people I've nicest, ever met. Yeah, brilliant. As a is he really? I, Fred, I've got to tell you. Fred, lovely he's, man. He's just, you know, I, there was a charity event at the Royal Albert Hall. I asked him if he had come. He came with his wife, spent the entire evening talking to children. Is he a friend of yours, then? I know him reasonably yeah. well from disadvantaged backgrounds. I had a handwritten letter three days later saying how much he'd enjoyed it and I could, whatever I can do to help you in the future. And yet he has put up with an incredible amount of negativity. Every time he commentates, he made one uh, comment that he perhaps shouldn't as the England manager. People went after him. They eviscerated him. And you know the, the little that I've got to know Glenn, I know that that left a real scar emotionally for him. I think it's a real shame that you have decent people who are being criticised. And it's the level, Rob, I don't know if you'd agree with this, on social media, it's a level of vitriol, the yeah. sheer shrill negativity. And, you know, we've got to know each other well. You're two very nice people. Rob, you're a great guy. And yet in the four years before I met you, all I ever read about you was absolutely, most of it was vile. Yeah. And it, it's, it's so wrong. It's, there's, I think there's a bit of a cancer in our world. The online digital world, there's too much of this stuff and it's got to stop. But, it's not going anywhere soon, though, is it? No. It's, no. But, no it's probably getting worse. Yeah. So I was down. I was down. Mm. I text Fred. I, I spoke to you. Um, and, you know, when I went away and reflected, obviously, you know, you can't underestimate how short life is. Yeah. Like, I've got that picture in my head of, you're happy, you're smiling, and then you're not. It happens so quick yeah. without any warning, and that's it. And I'm picturing. And I've, and I've been. I've been to see a counsellor. You know yeah. that was ongoing because you know as other members of the BT Sport team have this week, because I picture myself in that situation, and I good people. And it doesn't matter that listen. There were people in that room who have captained their country, who have played hundreds of Premier League games. And it didn't matter who you were at that particular time. It made me believe in people yeah. that if you were a runner, and when I mean a runner, Fred, we, in, in our industry, they call them runners. So that's people who were starting out in, in, in the industry who want to get to a sound producer, a producer, you know, and basically they will get you food for you and they will make you tea. And I, I, and 
this people are listening. I'm not. I don't mean this in a, in a negative way at all because that's how people start in this industry, don't they? Yeah. They be, they they're a runner. Stanley done it, didn't he? Mm. Stanley done Wait it for me. F- f- for you on your show, and even those guys now. No, you're not making my tea. You're not. You're not going to get me my dinner. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Listen. But don't I, get them psyched. What? Don't get them psyched. No, but do you know what I mean, Fred? It's like, why should they be making me? I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm just a human being. Okay, I've been fortunate in my life. So all things, little things like that, which is stupid, but like, make sure that in this industry, you get cars yeah. driven for you. People pick you up. They put you in first class. And if you don't get a first class ticket, you're thinking, oh, I know we had a yeah, bit of a laugh about yeah. aeroplanes before, but listen, what they're the tiniest things in life. Yeah. The tiniest things in and life. It, and it's easy in, in the sort of the entertainment business to get carried get away car- with yourself. Honestly, I've seen so many people get carried away yeah. in this industry. Yeah. Some people, negative, negative people now, I'm not going to be around. And listen, I'm going to be totally honest with myself and with people who I work with now. And I'm fed up, fed up of people being nice to people's faces and then behind their backs, absolutely hammering them. And I'm, I tell you, I'm not having it anymore. Mm. I'm not having it. Listen, I'm not going to say who they are. And there's, there's probably lo- you probably lo- know loads of them. So do you, Fred. But when you've been in that situation, in, in a room, when there was no eagles, ev- and I know if that was me in that position, and what made me think, Fred, is my kids, Matthew. If that had been me, my kids, yeah. you'd never have seen your kids again. Mm. And your your wife and your mum and your your everybody along the beloved ones, and imagine that phone call when when Glenn was on the way in the ambulance hospital. The family, could you imagine that? Imagine that. But what I seen from that room is no matter who you were, where you're from, good honest people done everything yeah. they could yeah. to save a man's life. Yeah. And that for me meant more than anything. And it's been hard. It's been tough, and it's going to take a while. I've got good people around me. I'm not having any negative people now, Fred. I'm not. It's, it's transformed it. my life. I've had enough because we've all got a job to right, do in I'm life. Them too, <laughs> 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 we've, all, we've all we've all got no, a job to do. No, yeah, and and I, I mean that resonates really, really strongly. And that thing about how status can not only make you think that you're special, but it makes you look upon people who have a supposedly lower status as less than you. Correct. And what you're saying is in a situation like that, everyone rallies around and you Incredible. suddenly pe- see these people for who they Incredible. are rather than the jobs that they happen to be doing. Yeah. I, I agree with that very, very strongly. Um, I mentioned on a previous podcast, I think two uh, very big events in my life were losing my two best friends, uh, Mark, who I grew up together with and we went to nursery together, primary school, senior school. I was best man at his wedding, became best friends with his wife. And then he passed away with cancer. And that was devastating because for me, life is partly, in fact, almost wholly about relationships. You want to share great moments with people who are close to you. You want to be able to live your life surrounded by people who can make you feel that your journey is something that happens with other people. And he went. Anyway, I became very good friends with a guy called Tony after that. Lived in Richmond. Looked a bit like Brian Ferry. A bit of a player. Bit of a uh, wide boy. Yeah, but Two a great... peas in a pod. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Fred, he was a laugh. <laughs> he was an absolute tonic. He'd go Everyone out... needs a straight man. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go down to, to All Bar One. He would be there. Oh, little... oh, you know, there was All a part... Bar One. Yeah, All Bar One in Richmond. He was a player. He was. Oh. He was. Um, and, we would go, and we would have fun. And then... <laughs> I had this this um, 
this event. I had a business. I had an event business when I was transitioning out of table tennis, and I organised a table tennis event, international table tennis event at the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield. In Sheffield, and Tony said, I- "I'd like to help you out." You know, when people in the bar say, "I want to help you out," they're not going to pitch up in Sheffield. You know, take the train up there, book into a hotel overnight, just so they can help you with some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. He turned up. And he said, you know, I want to be there for you. You're, you're one of my best friends. And we became closer and closer and closer. And then I met Kathy. He was going to be best man at our wedding. And then he died, like Glenn Hot, just died from one day to the next. He actually was at a nightclub, uh, the one in Richmond, Park Avenue. He left at 2 o'clock, went home to his uh, daughter, uh, young Constance, and he died in his bed. I've got to tell you, th- those two things... I was thinking when you texted this as a, as a potential topic, massively affected me because it made it more difficult for me to become friends with people because I was worried that it might end. It's f- well, so you got you got a fascination with death as well, haven't I you? I do, and funnily enough, what you were saying there, Rob, it, it's something I live, live with and, a lot, that and, the and inevitability... You, you, you were saying about that, and until that, listen, I have, of course, have thought about it, not like you, now and again, when if you die... That's it. What else is there? And that's another. That's another thing. But I, when you die, that's it. When you, but when my dad passed away, you could prepare for that. Obviously, mm. the Alzheimer's picks disease. The way the longer it went on, you could prepare yourself for the death of my dad. Yeah. But when you see somebody mm. who is happy, joyous, loving playing football, being one of the lads, to then all of a sudden having a heart attack and fighting for his life, mm. <laughs> that yeah. is just, you can't... It's, sh- it's shocking. It's shocking. Yeah. It's absolutely shocking. It just, life is so... Sh- you know when they say life is, you get one chance, life's short. It's so true. And it's, yeah. I've never really thought about it in that way before. And, but the picture, the picture of maybe not seeing your kids again, thinking about what your kids would be doing if that was you. Yeah. It's honestly it's, it's horrific. It's, it is it's, horrific. It's a strange one, isn't it? Because you mentioned like four I'm forty. Forty years is it's a long time really. But then in other ways it's really not. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's passed so fast. But then when you get to forty, Fred, in ten years time, listen I'll be fifty. <laughs> <laughs> but the horrible thing is now for people at our age yeah. is that people we know Pass away. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, and when you're like 30, 20, you think it's never going to yeah, happen. That's right. But now, like ten years time, even now, you think you. He- I hear of people my age yeah. who've passed away, yeah. and it's like it's yeah. like my my mum and dad are seventy next year. They're, they're only like a week apart in age, and a couple of her close friends have had a real battle recently. And then Dave, who lived across the road, passed mm. away. Yeah, you know, and they're the same age, and you start thinking about it a little bit more. But we, I suppose. When you talk about mortality and you talk about realising is when I mean, when Ben Holyoke died, you know, and he's yeah. just just over 20, really. Mm. I mean, he was in New Zealand and Ben was someone who was very talented, smooth, good looking. He had everything. He was the full package. And when we heard that news, in a te- it was a test match in Wellington. I was next into bat. I heard that news. And I think I mentioned before, I went out to bat crying, couldn't score a run after they got out. But you realise actually it can happen to people, yeah. And I don't, I don't know if it's because this might sound really strange, but I don't know if it's because you play a sport or you play for your country or you, you seem to 
not think you're immortal, but not yeah. far off. Yeah. Do you think invincible? Oh, yeah. like rules. You play by a different set yeah. of yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent true. But you, you really don't. No. Yeah. You really don't. And I think when you're younger, you, you think that. Yeah. And it takes a moment in your life or something to happen. Yeah. To think, hang on a minute. And I appreciate what you said, Rob, before about. You know, I'm. I, I regard myself as being pretty laid back. Mm. But then I get really annoyed sometimes. Mm. But I get annoyed because I'm annoyed at things that shouldn't annoy me. Yeah. If that, like, I'd, I'd be in a queue. Yeah. Like at passport control at Manchester Airport, and there's no reason the queue should be this long. Yeah. And rather than just sit, stand there. Yeah. And wait, I get really. Yeah. up about it. Yeah. And it's funny what you mentioned. You get worried about so many things in life that essentially do not matter. Like you're saying, you're saying that, and. This, the reason why this one's changed my life, and it will, and it has, and it will continually, you know. When, so I went to India um, with BT for a charity. I went to Kenya with, with a, another firm, um, and we built a school for the, like, they've got nothing, nothing. Mm, mm. And when you're there, you're thinking, wow, this, these kids are so un, un, underprivileged. They've got nothing. It's a, when you watch, see it, and it's like, wow, it does hit you so hard. But when you come home, you can't change their lives. But this is, this is this you is, can't change you know, their lives. This is something I'm I'm genuinely not plugging my book here, but this yeah. is something which is in the book, which I think about quite a lot. You know, how the world does not make any sense no. whatsoever. No. So part of me thinks it cannot be real because it just does not. How is it right? For instance, we're sat here in this room, we're talking, we're putting a podcast together. After we finish this, I'm going to Man City Academy and I'm going to drag Rob to go and play football. Matthew's going to get on his train and go home to Richmond and eat gelato and quinoa. <laughs> right? So whilst he's doing that, and everything's nice, we're getting our cars, we've got nice cars and nice houses and nice lives, we can turn the tap on, we can get water, I can go in the fridge, I can get food. I can walk and get pretty much anything I want from my house. i got my family, which are amazing. And... I think that, but then I think, how can I, right? How can I be happy? How can I possibly be happy with life? I am, don't get me wrong. When I could jump on an aeroplane and fly literally eight hours away. I could fly to parts of Africa, parts of India, a little bit further, where people can't drink. They can't yep. eat. Yep. They're starving. Mm. There's places around the world which there's wars going on. People are living in yeah. extreme poverty. Mm. Now, how can I, how can I, as a person, or how can we, as a race of people, let that happen? Yeah. Meanwhile, knowing that's going on, but meanwhile, we can just go on about our business. Yeah. But you, what, what is it that is yeah. in humans? But, yeah. What is it about us that can almost condone? It's the wrong word, but except that's going on. But then, but you, but then get yeah. worried that. This queue's going to take ten minutes, yeah. or get really at. So you've been to places. I've seen it. You've seen it. I'm not. I sure don't understand why it. it doesn't. But when you're there, more. Fred, when I was there, when I was there, Matthew, in India, you're seeing such poverty. One minute I was eating at night gold-plated chicken in a big banqueting hall, gold with some wealth. Yeah, like gold-leafed, with gold, like in a, with such wealthy people, and the, in the day you were there literally. You're seeing um, kids, families living on the street under arches, under bridges. You see that in Manchester? And, Not kids, but... Yeah, and I'm thinking and I'm thinking that when you're there on these projects with big companies, 
when you're there, you're thinking, this is horrific, this is horrendous, there's tears, you're emotional, and I'm going to do something. But as soon as you get home, the first thing you do is get in your nice car, go on your mobile phone with all the latest technology. If you're running out of petrol, you're thinking, oh, God, I've got to go and put petrol in my car. You get home, this, this, you know, you've got no tea bags. You've already got no tea bags. And yeah. you can't, then you forget yeah. where, where you've just, just been. Buy, that might just uh, be you, that. <laughs> and you're back into your normal but don't, life. But don't you, you but, okay, so let me put my cards on there. I, I think I'm with Fred. I think the world is real, but I think that we are incredibly forgetful. Yeah, we what, forget yeah. about the yeah. inevitability of death. We forget about the extraordinary, unjust inequality in the world. I went to sub-Saharan Africa, a charity project for the Times. We were off the grid. So I was in a village in the middle of nowhere on the edge of the Raha jungle, and they were lighting up their homes with kerosene lamps. The only TV in the village was powered by a, a, a car engine, and they would get around and watch the Premier League, believe it or not. That was the one thing that united this community. But the poverty was horrific. And I got back and I said to Cathy, we need to do something about that. And I kept sending out money to the school. I mean, this school had a fire. That's the reason we were there for the story. school had a fire and half the pupils in the school died. And it wasn't really a school. I mean, it was like a series of trees and it was nothing there. It was just a few teachers and virtually no books and just kept sending money and thinking I'm doing something. But then, you know, a couple of months would go by and I didn't send any money. Then three months, yeah. then six months. And does that Kathy, make you a bad person? I think, it, well, I think probably it does. Yeah, I think we're selfish people. And, you know, Cathy pulled but me up can, on it. But how can you Kathy change? pulled me up on it. I came back and I've got to tell you, Rob, I said, like you, my perspective on life has changed here. I want to commit a significant amount of my time to other people. I live such a selfish existence. And she said, look, I think that's a really admirable thing. Um, she, at the time, was working weekends at Wormwood Scrubs to help people, young people, who needed a responsible adult to help them liaise with the prison uh, guards. And she said, I think that's good. I think you do lead quite a selfish life. But you know, just see how long it lasts. And now I'm thinking about it. She did pull me up on it because about a year later, the, you know, I just started forgetting about it. And I think we're terribly forgetful. And I think, Fred, we don't talk about it very often either, do we? I mean, you've talked about this sense of burning injustice that you have. I know that you saw homeless people, didn't you? Mm. With Was it all of your children? And you yeah. started going around trying to help them out and give them food. And I know how much you care about that. And I know it's in the book. But how often do we actually stick with these resolutions? Mm. How much do we try and galvanise other people to right these injustices? I think the problem is we forget too quickly it's, because yeah, of the small yeah, stuff, Rob. I we agree. forget quickly because I'm going to be on the way home thinking, is this podcast going to get to number one in the charts? Is my column tomorrow in the Times going to get decent traffic? You know, what's the feedback? <laughs> Probably not exactly. But we are terribly forgetful. And I think that is at the root is it, is, of inequality. Is it a forgetful thing? Is it forgetful? Or if if you were sat there all the time thinking about all these things, is it something in our DNA or something that we're made up as people that we don't think about it? Maybe. Because otherwise it would just consume us yeah. and we would just not be able to carry on. I, I, maybe or is, it, or, or is it yeah. we're all meant to get together collectively and help? Yeah. But on, so yeah. on the Glen... Um, Heart attack. Yeah, that has changed my life because when I was in Africa, when I was in India, seeing the poverty, seeing how hard and difficult it is for families to to have a drink of water to eat. When you come home, you are back in your life, and 
the bubble. You cannot change their lives. It is difficult. You cannot. Yeah. I've I've realised that they don't know any different. That's how they live. And my hundred pound a week will not change their lives. Yeah. But when I've seen Glenn, listen, I'd love to. Of course, I'd love to. There's no. And it brought my heart coming back from those projects. But when I've seen a man fighting for his life, knowing that one minute he was he was so healthy, so good, and then he could not be near. That has that has taken us. That's so shocking. And going forward, negativity is going out of my life. The small things are going out of my life. And if I fall back into my ways, I would. I'd like people to tell me. Mm. I I do. Listen, of course, I'm going to have arguments with my wife, and I'm going <laughs> to. Of course, I'm not. I don't mean in a bad way, but that's that of course can happen. Do you know what I mean? But did you say that in your vows? <laughs> I, I promise to love, honour, and row with you. I will. Yeah, I call it row, and you know she'll tell me off to sit on the sofa when I've working seven days a week, and when I have five minutes, you'll say why are you sit on the sofa. You know, you only you haven't got a proper job. All you do is watch football. These, I'll still get all these things. I'll still get all these things. But do you know what? I'm so grateful that I was in be in a position and and to help and to help a human being. Doesn't matter if he was manager of England. Doesn't matter if he was a footballing legend. He's a human being, and to help a human being to to see his kids again, to be with his family, to hopefully you know have a another fifteen, twenty, thirty years is just the best thing I've ever done in my life. Can I make a suggestion? Should we do two quick topics? And I've got one actually based on Hoddle. It's topic number two, but it's it's I'm springing it on you. Go on, then. Okay, so on the Thursday night. Before the show, the Saturday, where Hoddle had his heart attack. I'm not name-dropping it, but I had dinner with Danny Cipriani. I'll be honest with you. If I was <laughs> going to drop a name, I'd, I'd drop a bigger one. <laughs> again? 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 I'd dinner with Cipriani. And, and he's a great guy. He's a really, really interesting guy. He? But he, he's, is he? He is, he's, a, he's a good guy, Fred. You'd like him. No, I'm not saying like that. Him. I'm just, yeah, you're infatuated, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> But he was got talking. A crush on him. Yeah, a bit. Did his oh, mum yeah. bring her in his taxi? In a taxi? No, no, he came on his own what's, this time. What's David Beckham going to say when he finds <laughs> out that <laughs> he's been trumped <laughs> by a rugby player? <laughs> but we're talking about, you know, he's been, um, he's only started five tests for England and he's considered one of the best players of his generation. And we're talking about it. And he by said, who? Seriously, not, not a joke. He's so considered I, one of the best well, of his generation. So I by asked himself a, well, or by I, you? I, I asked a few people who know a lot about rugby. Clive Woodward. Yeah. Uh, the guys who follow rugby. Did he charge you to talk to him? <laughs> <laughs> right, Matthew, that was um, that was twelve minutes. You approximately owe me six thousand four hundred eighty-two pounds forty-eight pence. And don't be writing about it. <laughs> uh, he, um, and he was saying he thinks that English sport have a problem with creativity. That's to say. The old Victorian idea of sport is that it's muscular, it's about tearing around the pitch, it's about putting in a load of effort. And if you're somebody who can unlock defences with a clever pass, if you're somebody who can change the dynamics of attack with a slide rule through ball, like Glenn Hoddle used to do, he said people are suspicious of it. And I was thinking, you know what? This was on the Thursday before Saturday. I thought, Glenn Hoddle, what an example. Bobby Robson should have built the England team around Hoddle. And yet he went for Robson, who was a great player, and Ray Wilkins. And then Neil Webb came into the team. It's almost like there was a suspicion of somebody who had imagination and flair. Maybe Kevin Peterson got a bit of that too. I'm wondering whether you think in this country, as compared to, say, France or Brazil or Italy, there is a suspicion amongst coaches of very creative, imaginative players. 
So, for example, give one one more example, Rob. You ask players who have played alongside or against Skulls, they say he was a genius. Iniesta, Xavi, Ronaldo, Michael Carrick. And yet in this country for a long time, in the England team, he was shifted out to the left because his skills were not ones that we like people who rush around the pitch, you know, in more muscular players. So you're saying creativity, but you mentioned Bobby Robson. He loved Gaza, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He built he did, his team yeah. around Gaza. Gaza was yeah, at the forefront fair of everything. Point. Yeah, fair. Are you effectively saying that sports gone sterile? I think sports in... become predictable. It's become yeah. formatted. Yeah, it's routine yeah. rather than it's become a science more than an art. Yeah, I think, and that's another thing. Exactly that that you look for all of these tiny data driven improvements, and you take away the spontaneity. I, I think with cricket. I think if you look at the England team now and you look at the skill levels and you look at the standard and the pace of it is at the best it's ever been. Yeah. As a spectacle to watch, though, this is a slight contradiction. I don't think it is. Right. I think it can be a little bit boring, a little bit predictable. Formulaic. Yeah, a little bit. Where science has taken over a little bit towards the end of my career, everyone's looking at laptops and this, that, and the other. I never did. Yeah. I could I, more from feel. So I feel I'm fortunate I played in the era I did then rather than now. Yeah, I think I'd be a very different player. I think I'd be brought up in a different system. Yeah. Um, and do you think your creativity would have been smothered by all the scientists, the support staff, measuring everything? I didn't everything. respond when, well to that. Yeah. I didn't respond well to any of that at all. Mm. I found it. Um, obviously, they, they wear you, they take your body fats, they take how fast you can run and all that. I, I accepted that to some degree. The body fat one? <laughs> yeah, oh, I, was, I always won that. I about that, Rob. <laughs> the caliper's yeah. big enough. It, it was, oh, I better get a new set. They got the edge these cl- these they, were open. <laughs> they got the edge clippers out for me and Keezy. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think I, I, I'm happy I played in that era because now I'm sure the lads love it. But I mean, I had the choice. I'm not sure I'd have liked it as much. Yeah, I don't want to wear them bras with trackers on. <laughs> finding out how far I've run so, and all that. What do we don't know that so for? Just look like how many overs yeah. I've bought, how many wickets I've taken, yeah, how many runs. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to know I've run 27 kilometres yeah. and so, walked 26 of them. So here's one for you then, if you've still got a bit of time left. So on that, Fred, Matthew, Ooh, yeah. right? There's a new, in the papers over the weekend, there was a thing about a new league, a new European Super League. Mm-hmm. So all the big superpowers, football, yeah. creating a new league. So, as a as a as a sports person, as a journalist, so if you took Manchester City, let's say the big six: Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, United, Chelsea, and Spurs, Spurs, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, the big teams. They might listen. I don't know. If, I don't think it'll happen. But they're on about it, creating a new Super League, and they they form their own league. That would leave. The Premier League, I think the Premier League is a fantastic thing. I, I think it's brilliant. I wouldn't change it. But if they leave, you're looking at me suspiciously because you're going to, you, you agree with it, do you? No. If they leave, that would leave, yeah, the biggest games in the Premier League or the games you would be watching week in, week out would be Southampton against Burnley, Crystal Palace v West Ham. What's wrong with them? Well, yeah. You know, I um, No, I'm just saying well, you, the, you the, the biggest game, seasons. the biggest game as we speak would be if you're talking about league position. Manchester United would probably finish above Bournemouth. Would be Bournemouth v Everton. So, is that going to survive? They're going to be the biggest games. Hmm. Surely, surely 
the, the Premier League has to stick together because the shocks of a of a Bournemouth nearly beat Manchester United step would it be a shock I'm not so sure that's what we love about oh, but sport. The, the European Super League I shall give you my take on that yeah. briefly I yeah. mean yeah so so I think the European Super League is a is an apparition it's a it's a threat it's not that the reason the European Super League is important is not because it will ever come into existence it's because the top clubs have used it to change the structure of the existing leagues. So the expansion of the Champions League from 16 to 32 clubs, the change in the distribution of payments to the top clubs. There's now something just coming called heritage payments, where millions of pounds go to clubs based on where they finished over the last 10 years. In other words, money to Real Madrid and Barcelona. The foreign rights income from the Premier League used to go equally to the 20 clubs for competitive balance a disproportionate now goes to the top six. Why is it the top clubs keep getting their way? Because they keep telling the other clubs, unless you do what we say, we're going to start our own league and we're going to shaft the Premier League, we're going to shaft the World Cup and so on and so forth. The problem is, unless the other clubs and the governing bodies call their bluff, they're just going to keep going the way they're going and there'll be a European Super League by default because in 2024, Juventus want to expand the Champions League and cut back on the domestic leagues. We're getting to a Super League by stealth and increment. You know what I mean? Stealthily getting these little extra bits until eventually it happens. And unless people stand up to the big clubs, it's going to happen anyway, mate. Really? You should write a column on this. That's my column Sam, tomorrow. Sam, is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Because I saw it. It was on the leaks, right? The, yeah. the football leak. I couldn't believe it. Right, should we do I, one I, more? I, I, yeah, I don't on. really care, to Yeah, be I know. Yeah, yeah. But basically, what I mean is, so just say, Fred, you would be watching... Liverpool against Juventus. Yeah, I'd be honest with you. If, I, if they were playing in my garden, yeah, I'd close I know, my curtain. I know. <laughs> but what, what do you think the football fan would want? Well, the football fan will be horrified. Yeah, the, if, I think the Premier League's great as it is. I yeah. really, that's a great product. It is. Yeah. I watched Match of the Day last night. Oh, did you? I good. Started, I started watching yeah. a bit of football. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Quite good, wasn't it? Match of the Day. Last it was night. really good. Enjoyed it. Yeah. That was the last. Topic. Final topic, and this is uh, this is Rob's actually. Final topic. Seeing we are sitting alongside one of the new Top Gear presenters, Let's Talk Cars. Gosh. Best and worst we've ever owned, ones we'd love to own, stories that we've had with our cars. Um, Roberto, Have I told the pink Porsche story? Yes. Are you sure on this podcast? You went out and bought a pink Porsche. I've told you that. Yeah, Mike no, 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 is no, on we've, it. Yeah, we have. We've yeah, done, we've done it. it. Yeah. Oh, we've done it. bought two. Right, no, we've done that one. <laughs> so, um, so cars owned. Um, I always wanted the XR3i convertible, Midnight yeah, Blue. Escort. Escort. Then I wanted an Escort Cosworth. Not an RS Turbo. RS Turbo. RS Turbo. RS Turbo. Wow. That's what I wanted. An RS Turbo. XR2i. XR2i. Fiesta. Peugeot 205 GTI. Yeah, I had, I had yeah. a Nova SR. And I'll tell you what a great car was. Golf VR6. Yeah, remember that. VR6. Yeah. I also had a Vauxhall Calibra. Calibra. Yeah, Calibra. The yeah. Coupe. Yeah. The yeah. Coupe Calibra. Yeah. Then I had a BMW 850i wow. where the lights popped up at the front. They're, they're, they're yeah. going back up now, then. Because you loved your, yeah, your I love classic. Yeah, I that car. Yeah, I had an 850i purple. They're not cheap, then. No, no. Get a good one of them, you're talking about. But money. my first car was a Fiesta, 900 yeah. quid, white wheel trims, and I used yeah. to... Pride and joy used to clean it yeah. every week. And yeah. do, do you know if do you know if you, you stood it? on the street now uh, yeah. and that car went past, <laughs> right, with a bloke looking like you driving it, what would you say? I'd say, wow. 
Long wow. blonde hair, yeah. white wheels. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing white chinos. Yeah. yeah. Um, just, maybe a denim shirt. <laughs> windows open. But I did. Eurasia pumping out the system. But did you ever get your? I, I had them. I had in my, one of my cars the. Um, the classic. I remember I bought a. Um, the cassette used to have yeah. to pull out and you could carry them out the car. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, oh my word, yeah. did you? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean. Of course, yeah. And you used to take them. You used to, like, used to carry them, didn't you? Yep. I had my nicked and this one smashed my window. It was nicked, pulled. Do you know what I mean? What yeah. You mean? Oh, yeah. That was in that was in my Nova. Um, <laughs> but I had the, obviously the pink Porsche. Um, but one of my favourite cars was... Listen, when I was a Premier League footballer, was the white Lamborghini. Oh. With the gold windows. Is that the best you've ever felt driving a car? Do you know what? Listen, and this is... <laughs> got to be careful because I've been very fortunate in my life. When, you, when you're earning the money in the Premier League, yeah. um, you are very fortunate. But you know what? When you get in a car, and this is what you... I can't... I'm envious of you because you're going to be driving some of the best cars you've yeah. got. You're mate. I can't believe it. It's going to be so good. Uh, it's going to be amazing. You know, when you get in a... It's like... Beth, you would know about this, but when you get in a nice suit or a nice pair of jeans, <laughs> right? And you're looking and you've had a shower and you're going out and you're looking, you look at yourself in the mirror. They're green flash. Yeah, Matthew's got it's green flash. Oh. Do you mean you look at yourself in the mirror and you're yep. thinking, I'm all right here. When you get in a car, right? When you you, to, hang on a minute. Whoa, uh, just backtrack a bit. Uh, <laughs> Do you know when you look in a mirror, is that what's going through your head? Well, when I dressed up smart. Like Do, I got do you say it out loud or just in your head? You go, <laughs> whoa, Rob, look at that. Wow, man. Look, look at that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that top one's looking cracking. Is <laughs> no, that what you're thinking? No, you know when you get dressed up in a nice suit and you've got a nice scarf? A scarf of a suit? Yeah, when it's cold. Why are you a poet? When you're standing <laughs> on the sideline and you look all right. Let me say it. The feel I still get now... When I get in a nice car, is just... And listen, I was like a big kid. When I went to get his Lamborghini, his yeah. first one, um, <laughs> when we went to we went to Leeds, first of all, he couldn't he couldn't get his head in it. Right? Then he was in this convertible. Oh, this was yours. I had about I know, but I had about the mirror saying how good you are. Shall I get this one? Shall I go? Yes, let's go and see it. So, and I went with him to get him, and it was like, yeah, I was buzzing. But when you when I used to get in my white Lamborghini and used to just put your mate. The feeling as a as a as a kid who lived in a two up two down in a cul-de-sac in Wales, and you yeah. get in this car, and it's people are slowing up next to you, looking at you. You get in yours now. It's like it's made the buzz is incredible. You do. I don't. I don't it's like it ain't a buzz. They might do, but I don't milk them. I do. I do. <laughs> I, I find it. I bad. do. I bet. I bet. Oh, I loved it. I bet when you was driving past shot windows, you were looking at the Yours! reflection. Oh, <laughs> and, I, and I used to press the button no, where the wings the, come up. No, I meant at the car. Not. Oh. <laughs> you know, in shot windows when you're driving yeah, past yeah. and you stop at traffic lights and oh, there was like Rob, people on. next to you on a, on a Lambo, you press a button. It's got these wings All the that side. good work you've done in the past two years. And I was doing You're undoing it with one story. But honestly, I'm like a big kid with cars. And that wow. was my, you know, I just loved cars. Well, I, you know, my And I can't got, believe he's got top oh, gear. That's an it's amazing, amazing. Gig. So it is unbelievable. Good edge. So my, my, um, my first car was a red Metro. Second one was a black Nissan Micro 1.0 with a silver strip. Wow. Third one was a Vauxhall Corsa. Corsa. 1.2 diesel. Then. Here we go. Oh, 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 oh. 
I started getting hammered by the so I was getting now into my late twenties, and the young guys coming into the England table tennis team were saying it's a terrible image for table tennis. You're earning decent money, you're turning up in a corser for interviews and stuff like that. Who by said the, that? Cal the, Green? The, 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 no, <laughs> Green had retired by then. Desmond? Yeah. No, Desmond is long gone. Douglas was long gone. <laughs> so the, Terry Young, Gareth Herbert. Oh, so I said, yeah, Herbert, exactly. But yeah. Um, so I went and bought, and I, I can relate to what you're saying, Rob, because I hadn't been that into cars, but they were taking me through all of these different catalogues before the. Auto trainers to be oh. I used to love the auto trainers. Yeah. I bought, but I've made a mistake. I bought a new, I bought a new Mercedes CLK. Ooh. That little two seater thing. No, that's the SLK. Yeah. The CLK's CLK. got seats oh, yeah. in the back. Yeah, and it was uh, silver, beautiful leather seats. And I went with my granddad, who's a miner from Wales. He was living with my parents. He was getting quite old, and we went to the the showroom to pick it up. And he looked at me and he, he was shaking his head at the price. And he said, well, if you can afford it, good for you. And I drove it back and I had exactly that experience. I was thinking, my goodness, yeah. this feels good. Amazing. Felt great. Amazing. Honestly, to get and in then the car. Since, yeah, since then, actually, to be honest, Fred and I had a long chat about me buying a new car at your book yeah. launch event. So I'm thinking about it. I'll bring it up on the next pod. Fred, come on. What's Cars. your progression? I started off, I borrowed a Fiat Uno <laughs> when I passed my test. <laughs> I had it for three months, a black Fiat Uno. Like the Antil mob, did your feet come under the... <laughs> like, <laughs> just put my arms out the side and pick it up. Yeah. Um, and then Lan- Lancashire, we had a deal with Rover, which wow. was gold. You-, you rented a Rover for, I think, 1% of the car's value a month on a lease. So it worked out on a Rover Coupe 1.6, £150 a month to rent it. And they did a deal on insurance for £30 a month. So I was 17 and had a Rover brand new coupe. Really? I used to get wow. stopped. I didn't, I didn't drink then, so I used to drive everywhere at night and got stopped so many times by the police. So we had Rovers for a while. The worst one I had, I had a purple Cabriolet, two, 216. <laughs> purple. It was a mix-up with a colour. I'd ordered blue, and they sent a purple one, and I had that for a while. And then the first car I spent money on... Um, I bought a Porsche Boxster. Oh, yeah. When I was 21. Tony had one of those. Really? Yeah. It was blue. It had really dark blue seats. And I I genuinely loved the car until (laughs) I was driving down a country lane at the back of Vale, where I used to live. And it was a bit bit slippy. It was a bit icy. And I, I swear, it was a blind corner coming up. So I thought, you know what? I'll creep round. And then I was getting round the corner... And then coming the other way was a B-Reg Metro. <laughs> so I've stopped, and this B-Reg Metro cannot stop. And he's hit me, front on. Not particularly fast, five mile an hour, ten mile an hour by the time he brought his car on the metal bumper. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> really? The old front end of my Porsche <laughs> just <laughs> fell off. And then and he, 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 he wouldn't accept responsibility. Hey? Yeah. So, you know, saying that, I've, I forgot the Hummer. You had a Hummer. But listen, so... Of course you did. I Yellow. bought... Yellow. No. Red. So, I bought a red Hummer, right? And I was getting apps. So I turned up to, to um, Birmingham. Or was it Blackburn? So, at Blackburn, turned up in a red Hummer. Did you have any shame? No. The lads absolutely hammered me. Fireman Sav, they were calling me. <laughs> it was a, like a fire engine. So what I'd done, I was getting hammered that much, right? I crumbled. I crumbled. You got rid of it? No. Got it sprayed. Sprayed. <laughs> sprayed? Pleasant black with like f- like flecks in it, like it was shiny. 
So I got it sprayed, pearlescent <laughs> black. So it was like I, I spent a fortune. To what get year it was this? Um, two thousand and six, seven ish, eight. What's oh. the most ridiculous car you have seen one of your teammates drive into a car park in? It was him, Mirror. Me, um, <laughs> the, it would have been me. I used to get all the crystallised badges on the Mercs. And Why? No idea. <laughs> it was probably me. Really? I, I had, probably a year before you had your Hummer, I bought a Ford F-150. what? Harley oh, Davidson pickup truck. Yes. Oh, wow. To look at, it was amazing to drive. Oh, yeah. no. What nightmare? Ended up in a field. <laughs> Back end flew out and that, but it was amazing. I remember car. that. But I do remember you having that. Yeah. Do you remember that? Dr- okay, dream car. If you're going to have any car, if you're only allowed one car and you had to drive it for the rest of your life, the one that gave you the most pleasure over a long period of time, what, what would you go for? Aventador. Where are you going to put the kids and the dogs? Um, in the mini. <laughs> you can only have You've one. only got one car. Oh. It's got to have some practical... Benefit as well, not just for you. For for what I you would think. have, I'd have um, I'd have a Rolls Royce. Oh. <laughs> would you? <laughs> really? The Wraith. The Wraith. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had a I had a a Bentley. Remember the Arnage Bentley? Yeah. So I turned it to Birmingham, and that everybody used to stand <laughs> to attention. They thought the chairman was driving, <laughs> in, and it was nice to get out. That was the chairman, Mr. Oh, chairman, used yeah. to call me. So listen, I've I've had, I've had great life with cars and love cars, but listen. People might be listening, thinking, "Who's he? Think he is having all this?" I was a young boy. I was a kid who just who loved cars and yeah. had the ability because of the Premier League money at the time. Yeah. You could buy a car. I'm glad you cleared car. that up. It makes it sound so much better. <laughs> yeah, but like just, but you imagine, imagine any kids. I'm yeah. a young kid who I know, loved cars. I know, I know, I get that. But actually, you probably shouldn't say your dream car because you're now the host of Top yeah. Gear. Wow. It's probably got massive market. Joe, you know, Clarkson endorses a car. The value soars. I mean, really? Top Gear. I mean, I looked. I at might the endorse all the ones I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Ferrari, Lamborghini, Lamborghini. Of the ones you've been driving, of the, actually, when I found out you're on Top Gear, we were in your 911. Yeah. Okay. Of the cars, oh, you've where was dri- not the Ferrari? Oh. Not the Ferrari. Not the Ferrari. Of the cars you've driven so far, what's the personal favourite? Do you know what? I'm enjoying the one I've got at the minute. The family one, the yeah. Merc GLS, big one, seven seats. Yeah, it's lovely. Is it good? Yeah, really, all round car. Yeah. Do you that know what I drove yesterday, yeah. which oh, I loved. Yeah. I loved. Oh yeah, yeah. Yesterday I drove a Fiesta ST. Do you, know, do you know when you talk about cars as a kid yeah. and you look at cars like XR2s and things? Sierra Cosworth, remember that? Oh, yeah, but these these um, Fiesta, not the ST now, is as fast as what the Cosworths were back in the day. Really? Yeah, because well, technology moves on and all that. Wow. And I looked at that car thinking a 20-year-old me would just have loved this car. Really? And I, I quite liked it at 40 as well. Do you know what I do with my wife about the car? So she used to have a, just a quickie, and this is... Yeah, Some call that dogging. <laughs> <laughs> so i done. So um, she passed the test, and her mother had the car, and it was called Ronnie Renault. It was a white Renault 5, and they used to call it Ronnie Renault, right? So when she moved to Leicester, I thought, right, I've got to get her a car. So I went to the garage, the Vauxhall guy, and bought a uh, Tigra. Out of Oxford. Tigra. Yeah. 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 So I, I was playing Norwich in a friendly way from home, and I got the garage to deliver it. So I had a friend who took her in the back garden um, with a family. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks Get for that. I'm glad Get you added that bit on. Yeah. Uh, Is that what they call them these days? <laughs> with the family. Uh, just one big family in a car park. <laughs> That's all we are, just a big family. <laughs> A little bit incestuous, but we're a family. 
took it in the back garden. So I raised it. Listen, it's quite nice. It's quite sensitive. So they were in the back garden and the the Vauxhall garage dropped the car off on the drive. Yeah, so she didn't know anything about it. Big bow on it. Yep. Huge bow. Vauxhall Tigre, black. Um, it was a new car. Anyway, I phoned her and said, go outside. Go outside into the into the drive. So she opened the door, burst into tears. So she moved to Leicester and her present, because she couldn't get around, her present was, it was like eight grand. It was an eight grand car, a, a black tigre with a big red oh, bow and it said, I love you. That's, you quite, that's quite romantic. Brilliant podcast. Uh, missed you the last three weeks. <laughs> I have. Missed you. I have. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. You can download all the shows we've done to date from BBC Sounds and all the usual BBC Sounds. Oh, you Why are we promoting I, I BBC you're, you're Sounds? You're BBC Sounds. Oh, it gives you stitched us up. 0.001 <laughs> second of her time and your yeah. BBC sound in it. Yeah, I'm going to redo that. Thank yeah. you for listening. You can download all the shows we've done to date from all the usual podcasts. Including places. BBC sounds as endorsed by Robbie and... Not, point, not, 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 not one second. Please use the hashtag FredSavSide to get in touch through the week. If you could leave a review on iTunes and give us a rating, that would be great. We'll be back next week at the same time. But for now, from all of us, goodbye. Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. Thank you for downloading the Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy podcast. If you like what you hear, then why not have a look at what else five live podcasts have to offer at bbc.co.uk forward slash five live. Listen to your favourite podcasts on any device with Pocket Casts. You can start an episode on your phone during your commute, pick up where you left off on your laptop at work, Then finish at home on a smart speaker like Alexa without missing a beat. Download the free Pocket Cast app today for Android or iOS. Find us online at pocketcast.com or use the app on Alexa, Chromecast, Sonos, Apple Watch, and CarPlay. 